Good morning, and uh, welcome back to our our Monday morning talks. This week, uh, we have a, a new person. Mark is um, going to take take a few weeks here. He's going to be teaching a new class for us here at church on Revelation. And so, Sarah Hogan is joining me today. Uh, Sarah is our student minister. If you don't know her, and um, but if you don't know her, you should know her because Sarah is an up and comer. So, um, just, I'm so happy that she could, should be, could be on the podcast today. And, uh, we're, we started a new series yesterday called be light. And, um, the, the title was love intentionally. And with that, we were in Matthew chapter five, Jesus talks about being salt and light, but I want to start with just kind of. We wanted to, I wanted to set up the context kind of of where this series came from off of the context of the Sermon on the Mount. So Jesus, the beginning of, of Matthew chapter five, it says he saw the crowds chapter or verse one, he saw the crowds. So he went up on the hill and his disciples came to him. So it was just setting up that context that Jesus isn't teaching the crowds here necessarily he's teaching his disciples in light of the crowds. He's, he's preparing them for the crowds and kind of the context for me was this series being at this specific time was we're getting ready for an evangelistic season with Easter. uh, We're going to be seeing new people. And so let's prepare the disciples for the crowds. Um, and, and I think it was cool because you touched on it um, during the sermon. But a lot of the like famous paintings of Jesus um, are of him just preaching this to like thousands of people. But yeah. when we read, that's not the case. And I think it almost makes the message a little bit more special that he was kind of catering that to the disciples so that they were prepared to talk to those thousands of people. Yeah. So be salt, be light. Um, what, what, what things did you kind of pick up on? Was there anything that you were just like, man, uh, I want to, I have some questions about that or some thoughts, or was there anything like that with yesterday's sermon for you? Yeah. Um, so with the salt, um, I know we had talked about it, like flavoring it. We do that today. Um, and that it helped to, keep meat and things from going funky, which is what we're supposed to do with our culture. Um, But something exciting, I looked up if there are other uses for it. And one that I didn't know about was um, it was used to like fertilize things. So I found a really cool, um, if that's okay, I'm going to read it from the Gospel Coalition. Um, But it says several ancient civilizations use salt as a fertilizer for the soil. And depending on the conditions, it could help the earth retain water, make fields easier to plow, release minerals for plants, kill weeds, protect crops from disease, stimulate growth and increase yields. Um, and I think it's really cool to point that out since we are in a farming community. Um, but they say here, disciples are fertilizers, which is, I mean, you and me and everyone around here. Um, so we're meant to be in those places where conditions are challenging and life is hard. Um, we are sent to enrich the soil, kill weeds, protect everything that it had just mentioned. And as we scatter, life springs up in unexpected places, which 
I think is a really beautiful way to say that. Um, but barren lands become fruitful when the people of God are redeemed, as the prophet says, because this is from Isaiah. Um, the wilderness and the dry land shall be glad. The desert shall rejoice and blossom. So I thought that was really interesting because I never have thought of salt as a fertilizer before. Yeah. So. Well, most people, I, and, that, and that was why I was looking at, as I was researching, you know, even with it having that primary use of being a preservative like that for meat, like most people don't think of salt that way either. Right. So both of yeah. those, I think they're closely associated in what Jesus is telling us to be as disciples, but it's not what we necessarily think of salt and what we use it for now. Yeah. You know, he's not saying, hey, melt the ice or (laughs) like, hey, you know, flavor the food necessarily. But, you know, just this idea that like when God's light is reflected in us, when we are salty um, as his followers, then like we really do have an opportunity to kind of be the hope of the world. Yeah. You know, actually, this is really cool. It kind of... um it kind of ties into student ministry. We've been going over um, some really like difficult questions that we all ask in hard times. And, um, you know, a lot of them are like, if God is good, why do bad things happen and all that. And we've talked about kind of switching that to when bad things happen, how can we show God's goodness in the world, which essentially is what, I mean, he's telling us that that's what we need to do. Like, instead of kind of putting blame on other people, like we're supposed to be going out, being the salt and being the light. So I think it's kind of cool that this lined up with student ministry, but also um, with everything going on right now, I think it's a very important message. So, yeah. And, And I think that's what tied in the intentional conversation you know, it, it brought, I brought in this illustration from science, you know, the rat in the maze and routine and kind of how we be, we are creatures of habit. We're creatures of routine. And so intentionality is when you choose to be outside of your routine. Yeah. You know, you can't be intentional if you're being too routine and, you know, obviously as creatures of habit, I mean, we have good habits, we have bad habits. There are all of those things, but ultimately like we can't be anything salty or, or, you know, allowing God's light to really show in us when things are difficult, if we aren't comfortable with change yeah. a little bit, you know, and, and really with that, I mean, there's been a lot of change. I think that's made people uncomfortable. The last two years has been, seems like it's been constant change. Um, And for us as a church, like there's been a lot of change around here. Uh, But it's good to be able to talk about that, to, to tell people that like, man, the change that the changes that we're making or the changes that we're, we're walking through are, are trying to be more salt and light. Yeah. You know? And so there's a lot of little things I know that's been hard for people. Like when their church changes, when their community of faith changes that, gosh, that's my safe place. Yeah. You know? And, but 
if that's too routine, like if that's, if this is just our safe place, then dang, what about everybody (laughs) around us? You know? Um, yeah, I struggle with like, if things don't have a specific purpose, like then why are we doing them? Yeah. (laughs) Because, um, even, I mean, anytime I go and learn something new, like I have to know, like, wait, why do I have to do this? Because Mm -hmm. there has to be a purpose or I just don't feel connected to that. And I think that you're right. Like with the pandemic and how much things changed, like even just here, we could look at things we were doing and go, well, what really is the purpose of this? We could try to make it more intentional, which I mean, unfortunately, yeah, the pandemic was and still is very stressful and not a good time, but we had a good opportunity come out of that. Yeah. And and I think for me, it's, it's kind of hard sometimes. I don't think, I don't know when it comes to change, if people relate to me well, because it's kind of like that we've done an assessment leadership wise, that thinking wavelengths thing. And it's like, I'm super comfortable with change and risk. (laughs) So like I'm uncomfortable if things aren't changing uh, a lot of times. And that makes people <laughs> uncomfortable with me at times and uncomfortable with things. But also like, you know, we've had so many changes happening. We've had a lot of staff change here. Yeah. And for me, it was just like, gosh, if we've got the, the advantage of fresh eyes in new staff positions, yeah, man, we need to capitalize on that while we can. So I, you know, just, just learning to lead through that and be like, Hey, Nothing we do is like Set. so precious <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that it can't be changed, you know? And so what can we do? You know, what, how can we better reach students? Right. How can we bet, you know, for Trevor, how can we better lead people to the throne mm-hmm. and worship? How can we better um, reach children and young families and all of these things that, w- that we're doing? And so even like the opportunity we, we talked about yesterday with the, with Katie or, Sorry, not Katie, Kristen, right? Kristen. With Kristen yeah. from New, for Life New Life coming mm-hmm. and teaching here and at the student building. Like it's an opportunity for our parents to, hey, this change is happening in the public schools. Yeah. So let's be ready for it. Right. And let's let, let's kind of do this. And so for the church, for us as like evangelists in the world, being light, like, man, how can we posture ourselves for for change and you know specifically I talked about the change at Lincoln. Yeah. And Big that change. that kind of being really kind of a fresh soft spot for a lot of people in our brotherhood, you know, and and people who are still processing that and and even knowing that like it it's not super clear necessarily yeah. where that is going to what that's going to look like 5 years from now. Right. We kind of have an idea of what it will look like immediately, but even just looking at that and going like, I don't want to share my opinion about it because too many people have been doing that <laughs> yeah. already anyway. But like, what's the reality of just, you know, what part have we played in it as the church? Yeah. And so as the hope of the world, like, have we been, I saw, I brought up Lincoln's mission. The preachers are coming, you know, have we been sending preachers? Yeah. You know, have we still been emphasizing to young people that like that is such a noble and high calling and 
And I mean, if we're just really honest, I think people <laughs> can just say no, that we haven't been doing that. Mm-hmm. So um, it's just not something that we like push, I guess, or not push that we encourage or like explore with them. Like we don't even, I think, talk about that a lot. Just being right now in student ministry. Um, yeah. It's not talked about as much as it should be. Yep. Well, and it, and even for you, I like you have a different perspective with that. It, you know, some people may not know that about you, but like you didn't go necessarily the traditional, really three quarters of our staff right now. Yeah. Didn't necessarily go the traditional route of, yep, I went, I went to Bible college for four years yeah. and then ministry full time. And that's how I got like, no. No, Not necessarily. Yeah. my story is very different, <laughs> but, but I did, I felt that calling pretty strongly. I felt it when I was a junior in high school, but when I was a senior, um, I just like, that's what I wanted to do. And my church, my home church, um, they encouraged me just like we we're talking about, you know, they, everyone was very encouraging of that. Um, you know, saying what a blessing that would be. Um, if I could go into that full time and, you know, just help the kingdom however I could. Uh, my parents were also very encouraging of that. And so I had that. And unfortunately, you know, I went, I mean, it's not unfortunate. I went through a lot of things I think that helped me got, like to get to this point. And so it was a good thing. I think the route that I took, it just wasn't the traditional route. Sure. But because I think because I had such support and I felt that so strongly from my church and my parents that I just was never at a place where I was super content, like doing anything else yeah. because I had that, just all of that in the beginning. And if we're not doing that for kids now, then. Yep. And what I think is cool about you being able to speak to that some is, you know, if, if we're going to emphasize the good about this transition for Lincoln, it's that they're, they're, they're recognizing that a lot of that, a lot more of that is happening and they're going, Hey, we need to help the churches prepare these people, right? you know, and equip them. And like, I think that's awesome that Lincoln wants to do that. I think that's a niche that is not necessarily happening in preparing people for ministry. So, so yeah, but I mean, it's going to take a while for people to, you know, have that change and yeah, like process that, but, and accept it. Yeah, definitely. Um, but I think it might be exciting, you know, you never know until (laughs) it happens, but it's, I don't, I don't like to look at things as sad things. I like to look at the positives that come out of it. And I think there is a lot of positive to get from it and from all those changes. Yeah. So we get to walk through a big change this week. Yeah. We were just talking about it as a staff this morning, but like (laughs) this Sunday, our, our worship schedule changes. Yes. We're going to be meeting at nine and 1030 Mm -hmm. instead of eight and 1030. And mixing our education hour up a little bit with an eight o'clock hour, a nine o'clock hour. Uh, yeah. Mark's new class is starting, so a lot of newness, a lot of change this week. Um, but all exciting things, I yeah. Think. And I think like, in no way am I not excited. For well, right, and I think what's cool is like, <laughs> and I'll, and all that's kind of a yay church moment. I think for us is like, I think our church 
has reacted to this change really positively. Very positive. You know, people haven't really been super negative about it. I know that it's not easy because it is upsetting some people's Sunday morning routine. But I think for the people that had questions, you know, I hope they asked them. I feel like a lot of people have. And as we've answered them, they've made sense. And so it'll be really cool to see that and hopefully even see that benefit our church family in in growth and kingdom growth. So it might take a little bit for everyone to get used to, but I think in the long run, people will be like, this was a great change. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. What other thoughts did you have? Was there anything else that? Yeah, I definitely, um, I know a lot of people don't get to go. I mean, they don't get to go to student ministry and hear me talk. Um, But one of the things that I'm big on with the kids is that, yes, it's, it's nice to say, yeah, we need to be better at this or yes, we need to love people more. But if there's not like an actual practical thing that we can do, I think it just, we go back, you know, Monday morning and start in our routines that we're comfortable in. And um, even if someone gets on fire from the message and they're like, yeah, I want to do this. I want to implement this in my life. They might wake up Monday and go, uh, I don't know how to implement this in my life. So yeah. I was really excited that you um, made this actual like practical challenge that we can start doing. And if you didn't start doing it last night, you can do it today. But I'm going to have you maybe say it again for people who weren't sure. here. So really with that, like the thing that I, the quote um, that was in there that really just kind of struck a chord with me in the sermon was if the church isn't being supernatural, then we're superficial. Right. So if we are not energized by the Lord, if we're not invoking the power of the Holy Spirit and of our Father God and everything that we're doing, then then what's the point? Yeah, like what <laughs> we're then what we're doing is all by our own power, right? And there's nothing special about it. And so with that, it's just like, gosh, if we want to love people intentionally, the best way we can do that is praying for them first. Yeah. Definitely. We, we've got to be praying for people. We should be praying for specific people by name that don't know Jesus. And so the challenge was that I wanted everybody to have four names, whether that's four families, four individuals, somebody you work with, your neighbor, family. a family member, well, whoever that is, four people or four families that you're praying for. And then the challenge was, okay, let's upset our routines a little bit (laughs) with something intentional. So I I challenged everybody to take out their phone, set a reminder for 515 off of Matthew 5. Actually, the verse that I use is 516, but I tried to round it to a quarter hour. So 515, set a reminder and pray for those four people. Um, Whether you do that individually or as a family yeah, you know, like I, I'm, I'm hopeful that like that's close to dinner time. So there may be some yeah. nights that like, man, as a family, we'll sit down and we'll pray for our people together, uh, whether that's around the dinner table or out at a restaurant or wherever we are to stop at 515. Our phone's reminding us we stop whatever we're doing. And the cool thing is, is just that thought that like, man, when I pray at 515, I know. Yeah. That there, that there are maybe potentially hundred. several hundred yeah. <laughs> other people praying at that same time, you know, that it's just like, 
gosh, what talk about invoking the supernatural. Like yeah. that's what we need to be doing to prepare for harvest. Yeah, I liked how you said it in the sermon where you're like, we're just going to flood the throne. Mm-hmm. Like God's going to be like, what just happened? Why? <laughs> 515. Yeah. So it's kind of cool. Yeah. So. It's kind of that idea of, you know, of like that, the persistent woman and, and that Jesus talks about in scripture and the gospels. And it's just like, yeah, like let's be that persistent church. Yeah. That's just like, God can't ignore <laughs> that. We've all been there. Right. Every day, five fifteen. It's exciting. So, yeah, I, I I hope that people will take that challenge seriously. And even if you're not from our church and you happen to be listening to this, yeah. we would love for you to join us five fifteen every day. <laughs> pray with us, because um, our world oh, yeah. desperately needs that. So, yeah, it's exciting. Um, for students out there, um. Student ministry, last week we talked about praying um, and how sometimes we can treat that prayer like um, conversations with God, like a megaphone, you know, or like where we're praying at him. So if you're just learning how to pray, um, think of it like headphones, you know, like when you kind of shut the world out and you hear like the voices of your favorite show or uh, music you listen to, and it just sounds really close and personal, um, that's how maybe you start to pray because um, it's it's easier to feel connected to that than if you're just kind of praying at somebody. So students, if you came last week, this kind of ties into that too. So really exciting. Awesome. Anything else? No, I want to end with like a cheesy yeah. analogy. Let's do it. A cheesy parent one. Be cheesy. <laughs> All right. So when we were talking about us being a light, Um, And how if there's just one light, like me by myself, that it's not as bright. Um, I thought of light bright. Have you ever used a light bright? Yeah, I had one. So I had one too. And we just got one for Sadie. And it's really hard because she's Is it the same? It's not the same. It's like, yeah, it's not as exciting. But I'm going to try to find an old one. But it's funny because she would put one of those little pegs in and, you know, she was expecting something just amazing to happen and it didn't. So <laughs> it took like a really long time to be like, no, like we got to keep going. And yeah. but I just thought of it immediately because if we're like those pegs, you know, if we put in one at a time, it's nothing's really happening. Yes. You can see the light, but it doesn't make sense. But when all of those lights are together, like then you see this just amazing picture, and I, yeah. I just like couldn't get that out of my mind. So, so let's just end it with the scripture then. Yeah, you know, Jesus said, "You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden." Right. That's what we're trying to do. Exactly. We're trying to be a I city like is a a city is a bunch of lights together. Yeah. So let's get our light together, and yeah, the yeah. the darkness can't hide us. No. So be a light bright. Yeah. Sarah's the best. Thanks for being on here with me this morning. I always want to say this. Thanks for having me. (laughs) On that note, have a great week. Bye.